2: Three past ten, morning, everyone. It's a drizzly old day in Western Australia. Day, town, eighteen point three degrees. Twenty-one in the top. Nineteen tomorrow. Fifteen Thursday and showers and Friday night footy here at Optus Stadium. It will be a tad damp. Big show coming up to tell us more. Uh, I've, I've got in trouble yesterday that that, uh, that that you and I went far too long in the introduction. So uh, keep it short. What have we got <laughs> okay. coming up in the show special? Okay. Let's
3: rip through it. We've got plenty coming up today, guys. Mick Hollis is going to be in the studio, which I'm very excited about. I love uh, hearing from the great man. Izzy Dag S E N Z, of course. Uh, he is uh, across the ditch. There, he's we're going to be 7. talking Bledisloe oh. C- uh, Cup with him and oh, can't Mick. Wait. So that's going to be awesome. That's coming up uh, a yeah. little bit later on yeah. this hour. Yeah. We'll try and cross to Sam Edmund of, as well, of course, because the Toby Green Tribunal is, on now. is right now. Yeah, yeah, not, it's happening not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Not it's tomorrow. happening now. Stop thumping the desk. Mate. Sorry, I'm very excited. I'm very pumped up. Because i had a couple of coffees already this <laughs> you morning. you have. Yeah. you got a homemade machine, and you
2: reckon you might have uh, double-amped yourself? Might
3: have gone the double shot and turned it into a triple or quadruple. Yeah, it's mine. I told you. Extra shot. Extra shot. Extra, extra height. Friend <laughs> Staker. Stakes. Talk about the Brisbane Lions. Uh, after 11 o'clock, we'll catch up with Stakes, but we obviously get his take on, on how Brizzy have been going and Tyson Beatty for start spangled banter. Yeah. Plus, uh, we'll be hearing from all the uh, essentials from overnight as well.
2: Don't go anywhere. Thank you, Special K. Don't go anywhere because we're going to have the Toby Green result. They can tell you that the... Jury is currently uh, wafting over two hours and 40 minutes of information. And the jury for the tribunal is Shane Wakeland, Stephen Jurica, the best Aussie boy, and Richard Lovage, who I reckon is a QC. I reckon he's former Hawthorne uh, QC. Uh, Ross Howe is the tribunal chairman. Ben Isle is the defence for Toby Green. And Jeff Gleason is the AFL legal counsel. And he has absolutely gone to town on Toby Green. Insolent, insolent. And, um... Uh, It was one word that he described it as. Anyway, he was pretty harsh. Uh, More on that in a moment. Hey, Goss Lotto, please. Powerball, Deborah from Bumper.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Very keen.
2: Well, I did sort of say we're going to take 10 today, but I haven't. That's true. But Alex, who's pushing the buttons, has not prompted me whatsoever to go into the Goss Lotto. No. And when he does, we'll go into it. Ah, good work by you, great man. 0487 736 736. This is not Lucky Lotto that the delightful Nay, you know, Nay down on uh, that uh, in spirit. Yeah. Been giving away tickets to the final on Friday night. Oh, it?
3: <laughs> what?
2: No, I don't know. Don't ask me. So, so we've worked it out that we got a couple of tickets for Gillian Goss. Yeah. Gave that away. Gave
3: those away. To Johnny. Yep. You, who texted you.
2: And Nay, I read on Facebook, has got a couple of tickets every day.
3: Every day? Every day.
2: Every day. Every day I write a book. Yep. <laughs>
3: Very good. Yes. Voice of an Angel. Thank you. Um, wow. I know.
2: Anyway, I'll just go out and buy a lot of tickets. <laughs> We've
3: got a lot of tickets that you're buying. 0487
2: 736 736. Deborah from Bunbury would like to play in the Goss Lotto for Thursday's Powerball. 20 mil. 20 mil. So get to it right now. Get to it right now. We will give you the uh, Toby Green result once it comes to hand. We will give you the grand final announcement once it comes to hand. But what I can tell you is the AFL, because we've got some breaking news here right now. The AFL has confirmed the start time for the first semi final between Brisbane and Western Bulldogs at the Gabba. Saturday night will be at 5.20 Perth time. 7.20 Australian Eastern Summer Standard Summer... Summertime. In the summertime. Standard time. So 7.20 Brisbane, 5.20 Perth. There you go. That is Brisbane versus the Bulldogs. Still waiting on the AFL announcement. Uh, Roy from Templestowe says, I should stick to commentary, Goss, please. Doesn't like my singing.
4: On the king. Where Whack.
2: is love? Does it fall from skies above? Is it underneath the willow tree? I've been dreaming of. Did you know I was Oliver
3: Twist in well, grade three,
2: Promise oh, Primary School? Wow,
3: we. Yeah, I know it was good. And your voice it? has has just got
5: better with you know, it. Has
3: it? I was going to say it's hey, just been that same overs- amazing level ever since grade you've three. You've overstayed, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, just quickly, quick thought. How good would it be if? Tribunals in the AFL were televised. I know, yeah, I've heard that before. But I just would yeah, love that, yeah, especially today, like you mentioned ones, yeah. with uh, with Gleeson really firing up a Toby Crane. Something that Hutchy, listening, He's could listening. expand the SEn business uh, even further by getting cameras in there. He's listening anyway. Stay oh, with us.
2: Yeah. Goodbye. All righty. I'm... Hey, um, for those who now, we've had a lot of texts uh, on zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. people saying, well, it's all very well for us at home or driving in our cars or wherever we are right now. We don't know how the US Open is going. So we're going to give you the US Open. It's dropped one and a half degrees in the last eight minutes. Um, so we have got for you the tennis results from the US Open round one. Uh, Sloane Stephens beat Madison Keys in an All-American battle in three sets, 7-6 in the third. Tsitsipas beat Murray in five sets. Murray won the first 6-2, 7-6 in the second Tsitsipas, 6-3 Murray in the third. And the last two sets went to the Greek Freak, 6-3, six, 6-4. Six, I can tell you that was the result of that match there. Muguruza threw in both um, tie breaks against, uh, Donna Vekic, 7-6, 7-6. Now, yesterday, Brett Phillips says he thought the Italian Camilla Giorgi could cause a bit of an upset in the women's singles. She went out in straight sets, 6-4, 7-6 to Simona Halop, the 12th seed. Coco Goff got through in three sets against Lynette. John Isner got beaten, of course, the big fella. Won a couple of Hopman Cups. He lost in straight sets as well. Kasper Rude from Norway, big hitting uh, beat Sugita of Japan, 6 3, 6 2, 6 2. Azarenka got through over Martin over 6 4, 6. Love. Kanepi uh, got through 6 3 in the third to knock off the world, uh, the 31st seed in that one. Jabert got over Elise Cornet, 7 5, 7 5. A couple of other results that uh, have come through, of course. Uh, Grigor Dimitrov got through in straight sets, 6-1, 7-6, 6-3. Currently on court, uh, Naomi Osaka lead Buzkova 6-4 and 2-love in their first round clash as well. A couple of Aussies were in action overnight. Uh, Astra Sharma got beaten by Krakova. The eighth seed, 6-love, 6-4. So disappointment there for the West Australian, but she did get through qualifying, so well done to Astra Sharma. James Duckworth had a couple of match points against Martinez of Spain, but eventually lost in five sets. 6-4, 6-4, 7-6, 6-2, 6-2. Alexi Popran got through in four over uh, Elbow. 6-3, 7-6, 6-3, 6-3. And uh John Milman, very disappointing, 767661. Of course, Nick Kyrgios due to take the court a little later. 0487 736 736. If you want to play Goss Lotto, that's all you've got to do is tell us where you are listening to the show and you'll be in Thursday's draw, the Powerball draw. We're guaranteed of the Powerball because we've got ourselves a, a power pick. If you've already entered this week's draw, you entered yesterday, no need to enter again today. 0487 736 736. Where are you listening? And who are you? Let's get a breakaway. It's 11 past 10. Mick Collis joins us shortly because he's in the studio because we have got a big game of rugby here at Optus Stadium on the weekend. And Mick is our man for rugby union here on Sporting Goss. 16 past 10. Collis is in the studio. We're talking rugby union shortly ahead of the Bledisloe Cup. Clash here at Optus on Sunday. Good morning.
6: Good morning, Goss. Good to see
2: you. Yeah, good to have you in. Appreciate it for you coming in. Izzy Dags, going to join us from SNZ, of course, from All Black. Was he a good player?
6: Very good. Yeah. Very good. He was at a time when you didn't need to be 100 kilos to be, to be a <laughs> back. I don't know, I'd be interested to in know what, what his weight was, but yeah, like guys now, if you're not 100 kilos, you don't get a look
2: All righty. More on that in a brief moment. Um, I do want to make mention of some breaking news. Take it to the bank. The AFL Grand Final is at Optus Stadium, 25th of September. I am reliably informed a number of functions which will be due to be staged at Optus Stadium in the week leading up to that date that the parties have been notified today that there will be no events at Optus Stadium due to the grand final preparation. So, uh, how big woo-hoo! is that?
6: Oh, that's huge. That's massive. Oh.
2: Well, it's... You know, obviously it was in Brisbane last year. Now, my mail is that the WA government have done nothing to pay for it. So they don't have that. So last year, Brisbane, uh, the Queensland government paid 20 grand, so they tended for it, basically. Mark McGowan has just said, we're just COVID free for now. We're going to get you $60,000. you are going to make $20 million anyway. Uh, Transport, blue, blah, blah, it'll packed out. We've had the Dreamtime rehearsal. It's it's so significant. Uh, What I want people in particular on the East Coast, which I'm really struggling with a lot on social media, and there's been some prominent people who are making out that we're rejoicing that we've got the grand final. I don't know if we're rejoicing. I think we think, okay, we're a great, we're a great alternative for the MCG. Yep. In fact, we're the best alternative for the MCG. Yep. Great venue. Had our moment with the dream time. Think we did a pretty good job. Fantastic surface. Hopefully good weather. Packed house. COVID safe. Let's just get the game on. Yeah, so but there's just, a lot of people think that we're dancing on Victoria's yeah. grave, and we're not.
6: No, we're celebrating that we've got it. Yeah, yeah we're not. Why not? Sucked in to Victoria. No, and
2: yeah. yeah, and i and I'll hopefully, hopefully, people see it the other way around. Where we really are just a, an alternative for the Victorian and the MCG. But anyway, yeah. take it to the bank. Can we put that on social media?s It will be at Optus Stadium. It will be the 25th of September. It is done and will be announced if not in the next. Half hour before the day's out.
6: Well, wow. big news!
2: It is big news, uh, Mick. We've all got uh, plenty more happening too. The jury's still deliberating on Toby Green's uh, walking into the what umpire. Do you think I should do with him. Uh, four weeks.
6: Yeah, so he's, he's got to get something, doesn't he?
2: hundred percent, he does. Yeah. Now the umpire said he didn't find it was too demonstrative or aggressive, or didn't really feel it. and Didn't report on the time because he needed to to look at it and work out: Did you I know, step into his space? And yeah. you know, when it's all happening in the in the heat of battle. Um, but they've gone to town on him. Good. They've absolutely gone to town on him. No, yeah.
6: an absolute disgrace. Yeah. I reckon you yeah. just can't. You just can't do that.
2: Uh, in rugby union, it, 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 the respect for the officials is next level, isn't it? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. They call captains in predominantly, and they call in the offending player if it's a high hit or something illegal. They almost don't speak to them. They speak to the captain, mm-hmm. who's the, the eyes and ears on behalf of the team.
6: Yeah, but that's been and that's been brought from juniors all the way through, that the only guy who could talk to the referee was the captain. And there's that there's a level of respect. But even rugby struggles, we had it. We spoke to a girl the other day called Tyler Miller who refereed at the Sevens um, at the Olympics. And she just said that rugby junior, it's very hard to get referees, and I'm sure it's the same with AFL, to get umpires, just because some of the the parents at that young, the abuse from the sidelines is just putting these people off. So the actual game, the players' respect is there, but it's the external stuff is the thing that's putting people off wanting to referee and as we know no games can go without them but there's there's no that they're actually worried about the declining numbers of officials for sport you know around Australia or probably globally and it's something that needs and you you see stuff like that if you're a young kid well, why, why would you want to put yourself in that position? No. You just wouldn't want to do it. No,
2: it's uh, it's it's got to be stamped out, and that's where it's got to be uh, basically imposed at the top. Now, we are awaiting that news on Toby Green. We're also awaiting on the official announcement of the grand final, but I'm telling you, he's going to be at Optus Stadium. That's official. Craig McRae, Collingwood coach. Will that happen? Uh, unsure, uh, but we led to believe that Craig McRae has rocked up to Collingwood, so he'll be the new coach of Collingwood. The US Open is on, of course, and we're seeing it to Naomi Osaka, who's had all her her own battles. Looks like she's going to get through the first round. The Paralympics, Australia continue to do great things over there. The Bledisloe Cup is on Sunday. Izzy Dagg's going to join us. Mick Collis is in the studio uh, as well. So we've got so much breaking news and so much happening right here as well. So do not go anywhere. 21 past
6: 10. Would you want the Collingwood job
2: as a coach? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Because I do believe that they've... Although they showed a bit, I think there's enough – the nucleus of the list is good enough, but you've also probably got 3 four-year rebuild. For me, the tough job is Carlton because that's not a rebuild. They're, they're ready. Yeah, okay. You've just got to get results.
6: So you in Collywood guys, they'll cut him some slack? 100%. Yeah, okay. Three-
2: or four-year redevelop the list because apart yep. from Pendlebury and Moore and a couple of other seniors, they're basically a young list. Yep. But Carlton are right in the wheelhouse of being a contender. Yeah, okay. And, you know, they've got – Key forwards, they had the Coleman medalist in Harry Mackay. They've got star midfielders with uh, Walsh, who's the bona fide star of the game. They've got key backs. They're good enough with Jacob Weedering, who should have been in the All-Australian. They're ready to go.
6: Yeah, okay. They're ready to go. Wow.
2: Anyway, the jury's still deliberating on Toby Green. Let's turn our attention just quickly to what's going to happen at um, on Sunday here. They've arrived after being basically read the Right Act and the New Zealand Rugby yep. Union, so they come here and uh, and do what you need to do. Obviously avoided probably a, a big financial whack from whoever runs the the game. But yep. um, bottom line is, what are we expecting? Because the Australians have been here for a couple of weeks now, haven't they? New Zealand have just come in. Should yes, that Would right. that change anything in regards to the way the teams are feeling and prepared?
6: It shouldn't. So, yeah, so... The Wallabies went to New Zealand and played two test matches in New Zealand. And yep. after that second test came straight here. The expectation was the All Blacks would follow them, but they, they didn't. They stayed over there. So the, the Wallabies have been hanging around. This will be three weeks they've been in Perth. So we're hoping they're, they're quite comfortable. The All Blacks have been here a week. The All Blacks have left three guys at home who are probably so Sam Whitelock, Aaron Smith, the halfback, and Richie Mawanga, who's probably the best number 10. So the best 9-10 combination in the world yep. staying at home. But their second string is probably better than our first string. So in terms of the makeup of their team, it, it won't affect them. But it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if they get booed when they run mm. out, just mm. because I'm, there's going to be a truckload of Kiwis here mm. and a lot of just rugby fans that want to go and watch the game. But that that really left a sour taste yeah. in everyone's mouth when they wouldn't come and they cited player welfare but the Wallabies had been on the road for a longer time yeah. and, and had the extra. So the New Zealanders were at home for two weeks longer than the Wallabies. And then they decided that, you know, play a welfare, we're not going to send them. And you uh, think, well, it, the Wallabies w- have been in your country for two weeks. All we're asking is you to come and play the game here. And they would have played it and been gone wherever they have gone now. So it just, it was a really, uh, yeah, I think the whole player welfare was just a, they've just thrown that card out. And I, I just don't think that was the reason.
2: Was the job done? Is that probably why they thought, oh, well, we've, we've beaten you 2-0, so.
6: Well, I think if it had been, if the series had been on the line, they would have walked over hot coals to Yeah, correct.
2: Mick Collis is in the studio. It's 24 past 10. You're listening to Sporting Goss. Wherever you're listening, don't forget zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six or 131255. Izzy Dag joins us in the next half hour. Israel Dag who works for SENZ Breakfast, over there with Baz McCullum. He is former New Zealand cricket captain. Can I please enter Goss Lotto, said Alan of Clifton Park? Of course you can. Paul's in Margaret River, listening crystal clear on the app. Good on you, Paulie. Probably mowing a lawn down there or something. Joe's in Maidley. He wants to uh, join our syndicate as well. Ray's in Glen Iris. Good on you, Ray. Thank you. You are also in because we are seeking folks. So, Goss Lotto. Did
6: we win any money last time I was in? No, Are you sure? Has my wife wife hung on to some cash that she hasn't told me about? (laughs) $10.70,
2: $10.70, I think we won. <laughs> so that goes to Mackers, goes to Ronald yeah. McDonald House. Yep,
6: yeah,
2: exactly. uh, So uh, anything more than $500, we divide against the Great Unwashed. Now, 10 a day. So we are still uh, got a couple of spots up for grabs. So if you do want to play. No decision. People are texting away. No decision from the jury. Once we get the tribunal decision on the jury of Toby Green, we will give it to
6: you, of course. How can that be taking so long?
2: Oh, uh, I, th- I think they're thinking about the length of the suspension.
6: Right, so you reckon he'll, he'll definitely get something?
2: Yeah, and if he gets two weeks, it's a joke. Yeah. It's a joke because that's not a two-week. Yeah. Or they could say, no, no, we don't want to rob you of playing in the finals, but there's a $100,000 fine. Do you want to pay that?
6: Could, should, should the fact that he's going to miss finals come into it? No, no absolutely exactly.
2: not. Absolutely not. Mike wants to play. Hey, M- Mully, you're in, mate. Mully from Millbridge. Do you know where Millbridge is? No idea. Okay. Find out where that is. Then. I think it's down near Millbridge.
6: Yeah. <laughs> I think it's near no, South no, Millbridge, south of Millbridge.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and North Millbridge. Yeah. Marley, where is Millbridge? Uh, probably on the SEN uh, Spirit Network. Uh, so we'll get to that in a minute. It's Bunbury Way, is it? It's a suburb of Bunbury. There it is. There you go. It's near Eaton, near Eaton Fair, yeah. where Dave and Julie Rogers, who run the, the lotto down there, wow. I wonder if uh, Mully goes to Millbridge to get his lotto ticket. But anyway, you don't have to go anywhere, right here, right now. Hey, uh, just quickly, um, Madison Di Rosario, uh, who has done a wonderful job how at good. the Paralympics, how good. Uh, she has spoken uh, after qualifying for the final. Uh, she's a West Aussie in a wheelchair and she spoke about the importance of uh, representation of all people of all abilities at the Paralympics. This is a nice grab, have a listen.
4: This is significant. I think there's, there's been a, a shift in perception on disability in Australia and I think on quite a global Global level, um, and it's kind of we, we run into this problem. We put an umbrella over, over any kind of minority group, and disability is no exception. And what it's historically been has been people who, who are dependent on communities and require support. And that's never applied to every person with a disability, but that was the approach that we took. And, and, and now, what we are being flooded with visually in media, on our screens, magazines, everywhere is this exceptional version of disability we are seeing peak physical performance. I think the Paralympics is the biggest stage afforded to people with disabilities, and unfortunately what we're doing is not allowing really any other stages. So what we're doing is forcing people with disabilities to kind of fit this impossible mould. That's not a standard, that level of elite ability, physical, mental, emotional, is not a standard we hold any other Australian to, but we do for our 20% with disabilities. And, And while the Paralympics, the Paralympic movement is shifting perceptions, We've made this massive jump and we've just missed so much in the middle, and that's what needs to be counted for, that needs to be made up for, I think. you know, every, No one should have to justify the space that they take up, and people with disabilities shouldn't need to be exceptional in order to be accepted, and, and to be able to, to exist in just as a beautifully perfect, imperfect human in that space, and we're not quite allowing that just yet, and, and the Paralympics has, has space to move that, and, but we need, we need that gap to be filled, we need every person across, across the board to, to be represented.
2: Well spoken, Madison mm. D. Rosario, and it makes she makes a lot of sense.
6: She's great. And, and yeah, she, she does make a lot of sense. It shouldn't just be that, you know, two weeks every four mm, years. Correct. It, it should be 52 weeks of the year, seven days a week.
2: And the subject that has seemed to have reared its head, and I think it rears its heads every time the Paralympics are on following the Olympic Games, is money for the Olympic medalists but yeah. not for the Paralympics.
6: That's, That's wrong. It, it is wrong. It's yeah. wrong. It is wrong.
2: I would imagine... And I'm not in that space, but I would imagine it would be more costly, equipment-wise, time-wise, facilities-wise, to f- to prepare for a Paralympics than it would to be able-bodied.
6: Has oh to be. yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
2: So where so there, I think there has to be a reward simply to cover your costs.
6: It's yeah, and it's funny some countries uh and it's so like some countries. I think New Zealand don't pay anyone any medals if they get a medal new zealand pays nothing paralympics or olympics no money we only reward the olympians not the Paralympians um, some have got a quality so it's a, it is it's it's so it's amazing that it's so different in 2021 oh, that yeah. it's so different
2: Mully from Millbridge has texted back in, good on you, Mully, and I like this. Millbridge is next to Eton, and, yes, I do get my lotto from Eton Fair Lotto. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave and Julie Rogers will love that. They, uh, they have been long-time supporters of SEN Spirit down there and Nay, and when I was down doing breakfast, and they're wonderful supporters and they provide the uh, lotto support for the lucky lotto. And now I've ripped the guts out of that and they've still got that and now I've got Goslodo back up here because I knew that was a winner. Still no jury announcement. It is half past ten. Mick Collis is in the studio because on Sunday here we've got uh, – I'll tell you what, this stadium's going to be on show uh, mm. around the country Friday night. Yep. Saturday prep for a Sunday. What sort of crowd are we anticipating? have a Saturday? Yeah. So.
6: Oh, it'll be 60000 For the rugby? Yeah.
2: Is it Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. For, do you reckon it'll get 60000 Oh, Yeah. For a game that's got no bearing on the world. Yeah. Wow. Are the tickets that were sold previously, have they just been They're held up?
6: Right? Rolling them over. Oh well there's Yeah. Oh, so nice. if you can, if you can't go, you can get a refund. But if you can go, just you just keep rocking up. Oh,
2: that's fantastic. Atmosphere plus six four five love, Naomi Osaka. We are waiting on whether Nick Kyrgios is going to hit the court. I'm led to believe he will, because they play at all hours in the States.
6: How, have, what's our middle count? With the Paralympics.
2: That's a good check. I'll get that for the news. We can't get the girls in the newsroom. I'll give you the medal count straight after the news. It's 17.8 degrees. And don't forget, Kia news today for the Jones Boys Bunbury. Speaking of Bunbury and down there in spirit, Bunbury Kia. Great people, you betcha. Some of the best people and amazing cars. 27 away from 11. The tribunal has returned. The tribunal has returned. And we will be giving you a result very, 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 very shortly. And a decision also uh, imminent on the announcement of the grand final, which will be here at Optus. And a decision also imminent, of course, of the Craig McRae taking over at Collingwood. Guilty. It's true. It is guilty. No surprise there. Toby Green, guilty. He won't be playing in Perth. A decision uh, will be handed down very, very shortly. I think now what they basically do is... Discuss the, uh, the penalty and uh, try and get out of it. But uh, bottom line is he is guilty. Paralympics, you asked Mick prior to the break. and uh, We just heard there in the news that we've had a pretty good morning as well. So Australia are currently 48 medals, 13 gold, 18 silver, 17 bronze. So, so 13, for, 18, 17,
6: Because what was our Olympic haul? I I've asked you without notice. But getting back to the finances of it, do, the, do we not pay Paralympians because we always win more medals at the Paralympics?
2: Yeah, well, so you're saying they're worried about the bottom line. Yeah. Well, have some pay scale. Just have something to say to them, Hey, you're going to get 10 grand if you win a gold medal, you're going to get 5 grand if you win a silver, and you get 2 grand have if something. you're going to win a bronze. Just have something yeah. for their efforts. They deserve it. Yeah. Naomi Osaka, six four five one, against Bazooka of Czechoslovakia, the uh, Czech Republic, should I say? That's at Arthur Ashe Stadium. And those asking, China have got a fairly big hold on this, um, the Paralympics. They've, had a, well, they've won 121 medals. Wow. And for those who don't win a medal, they're told don't come back to
6: yep. the <laughs> <laughs> Exactly.
2: All righty. So just repeating the news, Toby Green has been is guilty, which doesn't really come as a great shock. It's now down to the penalty. And uh, just keep updating it as we go. Uh, and ticket sales, I'm now reliably informed. Ticket sales for the Friday night semi here between the Geelong Cats and Giants have gone past 30,000 within 24 hours. So they're loving their. Uh, so we're going to get up around fifty thousand, which is uh, absolutely great news as well.
6: Because the West Australian footy fans are they uh, just team fans or event fans? Do you think?
2: No, they're footy fans. Um, but but this so we wouldn't, be...
6: wouldn't come to a semi final if it's not their team.
2: No, no. Well, that's why the Dreamtime game was so well looked after. There was but that
6: was uh, a special. That was a that was a that was a an event. Yes, yeah, special event. So so yeah. is a footy final. Yeah, okay.
2: So I think they would come regardless. Look, okay, I
6: mean, the, the grand finals are obviously a big event. Oh, is it ever.
2: Oh, I think you, the atmosphere on a Friday night stage with something to do when your Eagles and your Dockers aren't in the finals and you're thinking, oh, would you, we we would like to be watching some live footy, yep. then you can go. And you can actually – what I like about seeing – what I liked about seeing Essendon and Richmond is the crowd was 50-50.
6: Yeah, right. So on. we
2: don't have that in person. No, We've, that's true. We, we yeah. don't get it for derbies even.
6: Yeah, that's true. You know
2: what I mean? So yeah. we, we don't get two teams button heads yep. like they do every week in, in Melbourne. So yep. predominantly, you know, you get a huge turnout. So to have that, um, I would imagine I would imagine if you're looking at uh, the GWS Geelong game on Friday night, you would probably be going a 70-30 split Giants. I reckon more people would be cheering the yeah, Giants okay. as the underdog as opposed to Geelong. There's a lot of dislike for whatever reason for Hawkins, Selwood, Dangerfield. And the coach Chris Scott, for whatever reason, they're pretty, you know, pretty not full on, but they're pretty full of themselves. But yep. you know, they've got some runs on the board. GWS Giants got Matt De Jesse Hogan, Sam Taylor, the young West Australian. So they've got some. There's a lot to like about yeah, okay. them. And also the fact is that they're the new kids on the block, and they yep. and they keep knocking up some upsets, which is absolutely good news as well. AFL tribunal members uh, found Toby Green contact with umpire Stavick to be aggressive, demonstrative, and disrespectful. Good therefore they uh, will find green guilty of intentional umpire conduct conduct <laughs> penalty is pending and as mc hammer used to say in his day mickey Collis.
6: i told you homeboy, boy can't touch this yeah, yeah that's how we live you know
2: you can't touch this exactly and during the tribunal hearing jeff gleason who is the legal counsel for the afl was very bullish, boy. Toby Green was coming back with all sorts of reasons. But one thing Jeff Gleason did, he told Toby Green, very Jack Nicholson, didn't he? He was very don't Jack Nicholson. Lieutenant Kendrick to do. And when it went bad, you case. cut these guys loose. Your Honor, you are murderous inside a phony transfer. Your Honor, you
3: doctored the logbook. Damn it, can't you be. coerced the doctor. Consider not yourself not in contempt. You.
6: Colonel Jessup, did you order the code ray?
3: You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You
2: want answers. I want the truth. You
6: can't handle the truth. (laughs) What a great film. Great film.
2: Uh, Wade on the text. Hey, Goss, am I correct in thinking only the team captain was allowed to approach the umpires? Is he talking about AFL? I think it is. In AFL it is as well, unless the umpire goes. And the bottom line is Toby Green was the captain. Yeah, he's the captain because Phil Davis wasn't the captain.
6: Because he can talk to him. He just can't run into him. And swear swearing his head like a trooper as well. It's like the Premier League, the soccer. Like yeah. that I find that just embarrassing. And
2: they touch them. And they yeah, touch they, them all they, the time.
6: And they group around them. <laughs> like they'll have six guys around the referee and they're pushing him. I know. And they just let it go. I it's just extraordinary. extraordinary. You know what they
2: need? They need like water polo. Yeah. W- 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 water
6: is <laughs> great. You can't even talk to them. Nah. You talk red card. Get it, it
2: out. Any show of um any form of, uh, you know, uh, splashing the water with your hands yep. in disgust or yep. throwing your head back, back off you go.
6: Disrespect, yep, yep, which is great.
2: Yeah, and they, yeah. Stephen Cornelio is captain. So he did lead them out too. So Cornelio hasn't been there. So there's a good point. So Stephen Cornelio was captain on the day. Bottom line is Toby Green was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And as I said on socials yesterday, back in June, he touched umpire Jacob Mollison. and okay. And it was deemed, oh, well, it was, you know, light and didn't didn't deserve to go to the but still touched him. Yeah. And what happened would have been, would have been said to him, there's there's your 10 grand fine.
5: It's not that easy
2: being green. Having to spend each day the colour
1: of the leaves. Not easy being totally green. When I think it <laughs> could be nicer being <laughs> red or yellow or gold. Yeah. Very true. Nothing much
2: more colourful like that.
6: Because the leaguey's are the same. If, if a rugby league player touches, just, you know, pats it's him on the back as he runs past, that's suspension. Correct.
2: Anyway, Cogs is the captain and was playing. You're right. but it's uh, Toby Green probably went straight into captain's mode. Uh, but Toby Green was more angry at the other umpire for overturning a decision. So Green got a free kick earlier and Green reacted and gave the guy a backhander. And that's when the umpire came in and reversed the decision. That's what he was still under. Yeah, okay. He was hot about, but he went to another umpire. So it wasn't even the umpire that changed it. So there's a lot to play out and a lot to unpack. The bottom line is he ain't playing on Friday night, and I'd be gobsmacked if he's not dealt with with a four-match ban. Mm. Uh, Naomi Osaka's through, and she's doing an interview, uh, which will be interesting. She's on the court, and she's doing it with Renee Stubbs, the Australian who's on the ESPN coverage. So we'll keep an ear and an eye on that and see if she has anything to say. We'll get a breakaway. We'll come back. Mick Collis is here. Izzy Dag from SENZ, not too far away. We're talking the Bledisloe Cup Sunday. Mick Collis says it'll be 60,000. It's going to be a great atmosphere here on the weekend. Friday night footy for the AFL. 30,000 tickets already sold inside 24 hours. Toby Green's be suspended. We're about to be suspended. We're waiting on Craig McRae getting, getting the job for uh, Collingwood, and we're also waiting on the official announcement at Optus Stadium, and I can take it to the bank. Not that I'm shocking anybody, uh, that I can say. Uh, now, someone's telling us Green wasn't the captain for they had no right to approach jumpers. Yes, that's we we appreciate that. We uh, have clarified that. Uh, and just repeating that Optus Stadium will be announced today as the host of the AFL Grand Final. It's 19 to 11. This is Sporting Goss. That it is 14 away from 11. Jeff Gleeson, the AFL Legal counsel, says Toby Green should be suspended for no less than six weeks. Quote, and a serious offence, serious moment in the governance of the game. Your sanction should say to Toby Green, don't do this again. And to anyone who plays the game, don't do this. (laughs) Big game Sunday. It is, of course, Betterslow Cup. They finally came over the Kiwis. They were reluctant to come over, but we've opened up the... uh, the, uh, the airport, we've opened up our love. We've opened up our hands to the, the Kiwis. i bet they've uh, taken out the Bledisloe Cup. And we've got a game on Sunday, you think 60,000. Mick Collis, you're a first grader. You're a first, uh, you, you know the game at its top level. And you are very pleased to know that Izzy Dag, Israel Dag, Izzy Dag from uh, SENZ Breakfast with Baz McCullum has joined us, of course, a uh, an all black of note. Izzy, appreciate your time, mate. Thanks for joining us on Sporting Goss here in Perth.
7: Yeah, cheers, guys. So they finally made it over. They finally got their first uh, open opened up the borders for them. It was, it was out of their control. The <laughs> into the land. You know, there's a little thing called COVID lockdown that happened in New Zealand. So they're there now, and I know Australia, they'll be using that for ammo. They'll be simmering away on the inside at their, at their hotels, waiting for Sunday. It's going to be an absolute cricket. Can't wait.
2: Yeah. Okay. So you, you. So you've won the last two. You won the two in New Zealand. You come here. You're only as good as your last game, as they say. And the last time you were here, you copped an absolute flogging.
7: <laughs> they did. They did. We had Kevin Reid on this one, the it's uh, all that's captain and he actually spoke about um, the time they went to Perth, and they didn't lose. Yes, they got that hiding. And he spoke about. Well, the lads, it's winter over in New Zealand. It's very cold, so the boys got over there. It's beautiful sunshine. The weather's warm, and they got excited, got the got the budgie smugglers on, and probably just relaxed <laughs> a bit too much. And uh, Nick White and co. actually ran a muck over them over there. So, look, this week's no different as well, because obviously what's gone on between the two Trans-Tasmans, there's been a lot of hostility been thrown back and forth. And uh, you think back to that Eden Park game, with the young kid, Andrew Calloway, he actually came out and, and he fueled the fire within the All Blacks. And uh, so hopefully they've learnt that lesson this week. A silent Australia team is, 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 a, is a daunting task compared to an uh, an Australian team that actually speaks up because um, I spoke to Karen Reid this morning about that. That's what they look for. The All Blacks, they look for that little bit of ammo, that little bit of something that'll fire their... You know, that'll fuel the fire and um and give them that. So Australia, they've been silent this week. I'm looking forward to it. They're going to come out and, and put on a crack. And then there's been chat about Quade Cooper actually coming out and playing in that 10 jersey. that would be interesting if they go that way. I think there'll be no harm in trying something different to to change things up, even though Quade hasn't had too much success against the ABs, but I think um, the way he's looking and thinking, uh, you know, what I'm hearing from training, I think Rennie's pretty keen to go down that track.
6: Yeah, Izzy McCollis here. that would be interesting if Quade, because uh, the Kiwis, they've had a long history of booing
7: <laughs> booing Quade Cooper. <laughs> yeah, they have, they have. Well... Um, they, they touched the golden one, you know. Uh, That's right, he touched, touched Richie McCall's the head. golden one. <laughs> That's right. It <laughs> yeah, yeah, so got into the golden one and no one likes anyone touching Richie McCall, but uh, <laughs> that was <laughs> that was a bit over the top. Um well, I think um I think Clay would be great if he gets that opportunity. Just something different. I mean, uh, Noah Lolo Seal, he's the ten at the moment, he's got a big, big future ahead of him. I so say that Nick White and the Cooper combination could be something different that could potentially work against the All Blacks, um, All Blacks obviously leaving Richie Moonga, Aaron Smith out. So they've they've lost a ton of experience heading over to to Brisbane at the moment. So um yeah, I think this game's up for grabs and, and the wallabies will will be extremely tough. I think sixty thousand tickets sold, am I right? yeah, yeah, yeah. big big crowd.
2: Yeah, oh fifty eight thousand will be Kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not
7: surprised, man. All my family live in Mandra, so they'll be all there carrying it on and- Mate, there's lots of Kiwis over in Perth. We're we're always um we're called Mozzies. They call us Mozzies over there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is he
6: so so? No, Sam Whitelock, uh, as you said, no Aaron Smith, and and no Richie Mawanga. Uh, how much yeah. will will that weaken the All Blacks, or is your your second string better than our first string? Uh,
7: uh, look, uh, it won't weaken in a sense, but what a little uh, what kind of things I'll see is is. You know, I keep going back to Rita, but see, today he spoke about that last twenty minutes, that last thirty minutes when the to- when the going getting tough and you need your experienced players to make great decisions in the heat of the moment. That's probably where they're going to miss those those kind of guys. You, you think of Richie Moana, he's a leader. Uh, Aaron Smith, he's played out one hundred and three tests for the All Blacks, so he's been in those heated situations. Mm. And there's not be it's not you know. Um, beat around the bush here, Australia are going to come out and put us under a lot of pressure. They're going to put this all-black side under a lot of pressure and there's going to be some younger guys out there that probably haven't felt that pressure before. So those guys will will know what to do in those situations. Um, In saying that, the only way you can build experience is by playing in it. So it goes both ways. These younger guys are going to get opportunities uh, but they also like I said, they're huge losses. Sam Whitelock, in, you know, he's in the line out, he was a key key general in that line out and um he put a lot of pressure on the on the Wallabies last time they played in, at Eden Park.
2: Izzy Dag from SENZ, former All Black is online, Mick Collis in the studio ahead of Sunday's big game the Bledisloe Cup Clash, 60,000 here at Optus Stadium <laughs> as well uh, Izzy, just one before, we, uh, Mick asked you another one, just in regards to beating yep. the Wallabies, you know, you know, across the ditch we get all that and you know where the where the arch rivals but is it shifting, is there a shift in regards to who the All Blacks like beating more, you know, do they like beating the Poms more, do they like beating the French, do they like beating the Argies, or is it still the Australians regardless of whether we're poles apart on the world scale?
7: Um oh, mate, that's a great question. I think everyone would would be a lot different and but for myself, I you know how much that how important that Blueslow Cup is to, to New Zealand and, you know, the times when the Wallabies went through so much success with Greg and Larkham, um, you know, they even Totai Kifu, the guys that have played, you know, some amazing rugby amazing they put us under a lot of pressure. We never got to see that, that trophy for so long and the rich history, the legends that are played in that in those battles. I think, for me, Australia was always the one we... we, we that was your benchmark, you know? Our, our closest neighbours, our closest rivals, the love-hate relationship we have. Um, so for me, it was always I'm testing myself against Australia. But at the moment, I think, currently, I think the All-Blacks will probably be looking towards South Africa. They are the world champions at the moment they are the pinnacle, they are leading uh, World Rugby, they hold, they hold all the trophies, they got Rugby Championships, they've got the World Cup, um, so, so that is the biggest test, I feel, for this All Black side to see where they're currently at. Um, if they can get up against the All Blacks, uh, against South Africa and put on a great performance and potentially win away from home or uh, on, on some different soil, then that'll, that'll really test when it's All Black is. So I think at the moment, probably Probably the, the, the spring box is their greatest test at the moment.
6: Now, Izzy, you mentioned Andrew Callaway and that how he'd said they'd lost the aura. And the ABs, at the end of that last in park test, they actually came out and bullied the Wallabies, even after full time. They didn't <laughs> kick it out. They went and scored that try. Will that intensity be here this weekend, or do you think they'll have taken the foot off the pedal knowing they've got the Bledisloe wrapped up?
7: Um, look, that intensity will always be there. 100% will always be there. I think... Andrew filled that intensity as well. I, I know uh, for a fact there was probably a little bit of niggle out on the on the field and a little bit of conversations that were probably said to Andrew Cattle. I know um, Dave Rennie said they'd come out and it was taken out of context, but that's what the All Blacks are looking for. They just they need that little bit of fuel to, to add that extra 10% to get the job done because, um, you know. They know that uh, team, the teams that want to beat them, so their that, that, that intensity will always be there, but that extra 10% that yeah. the opposition given them is, is what they're looking for. So, Australians have been very, very quiet this week, haven't been anything coming out of the Australian camp, and that's a, that's a daunting sign, that means that they, uh, they are ready, and they'll be looking back to 2019 when they beat the, the All Blacks and say, look, no, they're not they're not invincible. They are
2: beatable, and they are. So they're going to go out and, and pull them to the Appreciate your time, mate. Uh, all the very best. Let's hope it's a bad result for your Sunday, and you'll be talking all about uh, the Wallabies <laughs> on Monday with Baz. Oh, so I
7: can't wait to chat Monday about the Wallabies. Hope so. No, they won't. Give back. us a Don't call, mate. Give us a call all you like. We'll be taking your call, Dag. Don't worry. Good on you, mate. Thanks, is
2: Izzy, Dag, joining boy. us. Uh, fantastic on Sporting Guys, a former All Black Legend? Legend? Played yeah, seven. very good. Yeah. Real
6: good player. Like yeah. one of the mainstays of the All Blacks team.
2: Fantastic stuff. And uh, Thanks for joining us. And of course, you can hear him on SENZ Breakfast uh, across the ditch. Please in seven. Uh, over there. <laughs> Chilly bin. I'm just getting it all out why he's not listening, <laughs> just in case. Uh, it's 5 to 11. And don't forget that he's on Sunday here at Optus Stadium. Just repeating the news Toby Green has been found guilty. His defence calling for a $25,000 fine instead of a suspension. The AFL says minimum six games. Stay with us. This is Sporting Goss. Welcome back. It's Two past 11. Thanks to Mick Collis, who joined us to talk to Izzy Dag. Big game, 60,000 here on Sunday. Still awaiting on the news. Toby Green has been excused from the hearing. He's going to make his way to the airport, of course, because they do have to fly to Perth, regardless of whether he's playing or not. So we are waiting on the penalty not too far away. Nick Kyrgios is on court at the US Open. Nick Kyrgios. Roberto Bautista Agut of Spain is his opponent in the first round. So stay with us. We can tell you that at this stage, we have had no official word. I'm just going to get a refresh right here. So Toby Green has been forced to leave the tribunal. He will phone in on his way to the airport. The jury is still deliberating. The AFL says a minimum six-match penalty. The defence for Toby Green say a $25,000 fine It was big. It was a very long day. In fact, it's gone in excess of four hours. In the meantime, let's head up to Brisbane and chat to a good friend of us here in WA. Welcome back to Sporting Goss on SEN and plenty of footy news, of course. Grand final announcements, Toby Green's future. But let's turn our attention to the games. We've got Geelong and Giants here on Friday night, of course, but then we head to the Gabba for the big one between the Lions and the Bulldogs. The Lions coming off one of their most disappointing performances for the year and the Bulldogs bouncing back to some of their better form. Brent Staker knows all about the Brisbane Lions. He knows about the Brisbane landscape and he knows about the Gabba. He also knows WA and he joins us on Sporting Goss. Stakes, good chat.
8: Goss, how are you, mate? How's it
2: going? <laughs> yeah, chugging along, mate. Just, you know, trying to make an honest living. <laughs> A bit like yourself, That's great. Man. What, what, what What is work for you, Brent Staker? What do you do apart from catching money?
8: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm involved in an apparel company here in uh, in Brisbane, so we deck out, you know, footy teams, schools, um, all that kind of stuff, businesses. So, here's my little plug, Goss If anyone, if any footy club will need any kind of apparel, mm-hmm. on field or off field, I mean, on field it's a bit tricky with licensing, but but off field, um, we can do plenty. We're actually going for a license at the moment with the WWA Country Footy League. So the company over here in Brisbane is LRF Sports. So. But I do that, I've got a few other little things here in Brisbane—a little cleaning business—and and do some footy stuff. So I keep busy.
2: You do nice work. LRS—is that what it's called?
8: Uh, LRF. So LRF for frog. LRF sport. Oh, LRF
2: for frog. Right,
8: yeah, for okay. right. frog. Yeah. So it's uh, it's my boss's it's my boss's initials, but. Um, yeah, we get LRF and LRS and all these other things, but yeah, LRF <laughs> Sports. We've been around about eight years, but it's yeah, we make good stuff. We've, we're passionate about footy, and we do heaps of footy stuff. We do a lot of Tasmania, a lot of Queensland, and hopefully get into WA.
2: Yeah, well, let's hope you can. And uh, this, uh, well, I'm a I'm a two XL at my best days too, mate. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs>
8: Oh, no, we'll, we'll make it fit. We'll make, we go we to every shape and size. Well, the no funny you should
2: say that. My, my daughters, who are uh, you know, almost 21 and, and 19, did a quick shop yesterday and walked past Target uh, and uh, came back with a size Mr. Big 7XL jumper for me. 7XL!
8: <laughs> Maybe it's a small make. So no, it's a
2: small one. No, SM small marquee. Hey, mate, let's get our, let's get our <laughs> teeth into the Brisbane lines. Uh, just we don't want to harp too much on it. I'm sure they've done a a quick fire review on it. When a bloke has 46 possessions, he's a Brownlow medalist. He's in the middle of the ground. You think you're a chance to win, but they were never in it.
8: Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? It's um, look, they were competitive in the well, the, the first quarter outstanding. I'm yeah. sure everyone was pretty. Pretty mesmerised that it was just goal for goal. And that's, and it seemed like a lot of the finals in this, um, in that particular round, all the games for the first half, especially was goal for goal. So it was quite, quite pleasant to see. But, um, well, Brisbane just lost their intensity and, and Melbourne just started to win that contested footy. And as you say, Lockie Neal, it, it just goes to show that when you've got one player dominating, that you really do need the others to, to rally around him. And he did everything he, he could. I mean, you've seen him firsthand in Perth over those years and how good of a player he's become and mm. Brownlow medalist and yeah just fascinating that you're going to do so much and, but Brisbane just broke down I mean there was an incident to, to Dan Stay which sort of threw their structure and players maybe couldn't adapt the best they they could and that's going to be a talking point for Brisbane this week but yeah, they were soundly beaten, especially after halftime.
2: All righty. So then they've got to regroup, bounce. Uh, they, they're at home. They're at the Gabba. They take on the Bulldogs, who found a bit of finals form with a pretty dominant display against Essendon, even though I'm not convinced the Bulldogs' forward line is absolutely cranking at this stage. But the Lions, on the other hand, well, they need Harris Andrews to engage. He And I don't want to sound too harsh on one player individual uh, uh, as an individual, but there was a lot of pushback mm. on him in regards to that he looked – disinterested or something looked flat looks like something was bothering him I don't know if it was an injury or something between the ears can you shed any light on Harris Andrews for
8: yeah he's a very he's, a, he's quite a he's an interesting person he's a great he's a great guy but he's a smart player but interesting sometimes the way he plays the game and he does like to sort of sit off and and rely on that pressure up the field to force that kick but what Melbourne started to do was you know they were very much connected through the middle of the ground which does throw um players like um, uh, Andrews Gardner, and I think it was um it was number twenty four back there. I can't think of his name, but um it, it threw them, and the, that's why the Brisbane Lions defense were a little bit rattled. There was times where they call him the chief, but where Harris Andrews could have taken control and really engaged some opponents and, and got a you know a bit of intensity in that back line, he just couldn't manage to do it now. Whether he's out of sorts, he did miss that last game of the season, and I think that might have been due to injury. It was pretty it was kept pretty hush, hush. But um, he he would need to find some form this weekend, and the Bulldogs forward line is a bit quirky, isn't it? I mean, they're missing mm-hmm. their other, their key forward just went down with their ACL. I'm yeah, having Bruce, a brain fade here. I can't Bruce. think of Bruce. Thank yeah, you, yeah. with Bruce. So yeah. that, that, the matchups there that might be a little bit a little bit quirky for the lines, and um, it would be interesting to see how they do that. But Harris Andrews is one when he has a good game. He's, he's a true barometer for the Brisbane Lions team when he has a good game. He he does control a lot of things back there and he, he sort of sets the tone. And Brisbane generally play quite well. Um, but when Brisbane do fall away, um, you got the back line that's in disarray. Sometimes the midfield other than Lachie Niels can't seem to get the footy. And then the, the forward line's seem to be a bit of tangled up. And that's what I thought happened, especially after half time. Brisbane line's forward line. They couldn't take any marks inside 50 and they lost their ability to score especially.
2: Trent Rivers was the player you're talking about, the young boy from Perth, number 24 for Melbourne, of course. Uh, Can I ask you just in regards to how Brisbane can bounce back quickly? Are they a bounce-back type of team? Have you seen enough of them uh, in the last year or two? I know know, they didn't quite get the job done last year and they had it all on their own Mm. terms being in Brisbane for all of that time. Do you think they've got it in them to bounce back and beat the Bulldogs?
8: They definitely do. I mean, being at home, it's a huge advantage, especially given the current... COVID situation you know, having a crowd is huge um, and it's been Brisbane falling in one of those teams where they can get that advantage Port Adelaide one of those teams you know Bulldogs could potentially be out of home for a month here because they're going to be travelling around everywhere and, and eventually at least they get a crowd this week because they've played a couple of those last home and away games with no crowd they got a crowd last weekend um, they're going to be sore the dogs coming off a wet game but Brisbane you know, it's going to be nice conditions up here. The 19th men, as we say, the, there's going to be a capacity. I think the restrictions in Brisbane are going back to full capacity. So there's going to be 38,000. at the mm-hmm. It'll be madness. And, um, and that'll weigh heavily for Brisbane. And they just need those couple of players to get off the chain early, like um, a Danaher and Charlie Cameron. And it sets the crowd alight. Now, that's, it's, that's where the psychology of sport comes in, because how do the, how do the dogs maintain the, um, the composure and not to get rattled? Um, but Brisbane, they just, they're a team that rush the footy. So they'll, they'll do everything they can to get the ball going forward in the first couple of quarters. Um, but as soon as teams can actually hold them up, Brisbane will tend to kick long and and sometimes turn the footy over. So if you're the dogs, you're just trying to defend. And I know it's an obvious thing to say, but they're just trying to defend as best they can Brisbane in that doggies forward line and not, not allow Brisbane to run and carry.
2: Marcus Adams, can we have another go at the number twenty-four? that name that you were thinking of? That's who I was thinking of. Yes, Marcus
8: <laughs> Adams. I, I threw in the Melbourne <laughs> version. <laughs>
2: I went to the wrong team.
8: <laughs> <laughs> no, those three are great. When yeah, he's Gardner, been Adams, he's been good this really year.
2: Fun. He's been good, Marcus Adams. He has.
8: He has. Look, and he's a uh, he's one of those guys. And I mean, look, he still played okay all the day because when a Gardner and Harris Andrews have a bad day, Marcus mm. Adams seems to be a player that they rely on quite a bit that can fill that void, but. Yeah, Harris Andrews, he did have a stinker, and people were a bit surprised by it. But look, he's a player that's um, I've seen him come through the ranks. I had a couple of seasons with him here at Brisbane. He's quite the professional, so I'm sure he'll be ready to bounce back, and Ooh. he'll be he'll be a player that dogs have to be careful of.
2: That is good. Marcus Adams also was a formerly a Bulldog player as well. Of course, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, speaking of Trent Rivers, we've got him on the show tomorrow. So that's why I was thinking of him. He's the young, instrumental no, boy. I know, I know. <laughs> hey, uh, so who wins the, Who wins, and why? And then I'm going to ask you just in regards to the overview of the other games, even though you're from a distant way, but you sound like you're, you're across things. You're a bit of a, a footy-nuffy like yours truly. So who wins this game yep. and why? And does the winner stay in the Premiership race genuinely, or do you think they are just not quite there? Are they not into Melbourne's class, as we saw last week.
8: Well, who wins? I think it's got to be Brisbane. Not saying that I've got a soft swap for Brisbane, but I just think they will have to make amends of last year. So they're going to have to take their chance. This is their chance to get an extra win because clearly they've got to change sides of the draw. And if they do win, they go across and play Port Adelaide, I believe, in in Adelaide. But the Dogs coming off that wet game, being out of home now for potentially two weeks going into three weeks is going to be tough. However, the dogs, um, they'll, they'll dig deep going back to 2016 because I think they finished fifth or sixth and they went all the way then mm. and, and had plenty of wind on the road. So, but the fatigue factor, they're going to have, I think, a six-day break. Brisbane have got a seven-day break. I think that's from memory here. Okay. Um, yep. And that may, may factor in just a small amount. The intensity of finals is huge. So we know that. We've seen that from the, from the evidence we just got on the weekend. The doggies have to sustain that um, to, to, to try and match Brisbane. The thing I like about Brisbane is that it's at home. They'll, uh, they'll be on the front foot and they can score so quickly, Brisbane. We've seen that a few weeks ago at home. They can score so quickly and it just puts teams to bed. So that's where the doggy's got to be careful. I think Brisbane will win by about 18 points.
2: And who wins the whole shooting match right now? Do you, are you a Melbourne-Port Adelaide subscriber at this stage with everything going their way?
8: Yeah, I am. I am. Look, Melbourne, the two teams clearly that I think are the strongest is Melbourne and Port Adelaide. My quick synopsis is Melbourne are a team that everyone's said, yes, they're a good team, but there's an element of doubt there. Um, I think their win against Geelong was huge for their confidence, so I think they'll get there. Um, I just hope they don't go into their shell and they play with their, their confidence in that absolute bravado and braveness that they've been playing with for the last few games. For some reason, I just like Port Adelaide. Um, Port Adelaide are talented all across the field. Uh, when they get it going, uh, they tend to just be so damaging. I don't know what it is. is. I'm, I'm a Growing up as a kid, I was never an Adelaide or a Port Adelaide fan, but I just think Port Adelaide at the moment, of the front run in mind, and I think it will be Port Adelaide and and Melbourne in the grand final.
2: Yeah, there's speculation going around last night in media circles that Jared Schofield is set to join West Coast as an assistant coach, um, which wow. is interesting. When, okay. and then I, I I inquired and got told that he had another year to run at Port Adelaide, but the bloke who told me that he was hell bent, he was definitely coming to West Coast next year. So,
8: so we don't get too much of that that AFL noise over here in uh, in Brisbane. <laughs> it gets lost. He gets lost in translation for NRL, but he, I mean, he's a he's a quality, he's very been a quality good player and a quality coach for very some time. Good. So that's yeah. a huge. That's huge if he gets back to WA.
2: Yeah, very true. Do you still um, shoot the breeze with any of your
8: ex-West Coast mates? I do. I, I talk a lot with uh, with Jamie Graham, Ashley Hanson. Well, he, there you go. Coached, Can you
2: ask Jamie Graham if yeah. he's leaving West Coast? Oh,
8: <laughs> I, I don't. I don't delve into the too much <laughs> of the personal stuff, but I'm sure. It's Perth's a small town. I'm sure there'll be uh there'll be Rubens going left, right and centre. Oh, but there I know is. that Ash is Ash is um uh, coaching Ash coaches the forward line of the Western yeah. Bulldogs, so him and I have been besties for a while. I mean Adam Sirwood, Matt Rosa, there's all the there's good guys, fellas. All the yeah, good fellas Cox, hey? I I've
1: been
8: to Coxie a few times out in the um, when we we're crossing paths in the footy footy ground there when he's at the Swanee. So look there's a lot of the West Coast boys around and um they're you know, probably underrated. Like you know, a lot of the Brisbane, ex-Brisbane Lions players, as we can see, have all had a, a dabble at coaching. But there's a lot of, a lot of West Coast boys just sitting under the surface that are potentially going to be head coaches in the near future.
2: Very true. Very true. All right. Appreciate your time. L R F for frog.
8: That's the one. L R F sport. L R F sport. <laughs> Look, it, Look up. it up on the
2: Google, <laughs> and we'll be wearing it. And I'll, I'll be, I'll be influencing you on the socials. Uh, appreciate your time. Thanks for doing it.
8: Send us your address, Goss, and I'll send you a care package. <laughs>
2: Peppermint Grove. Uh, good on you, mate. Appreciate your time.
8: <laughs> <laughs> See you, guys. Thanks,
2: thanks. Brent Staker joining us from Brisbane. The Brisbane Lions taking on the Bulldogs. Good to have stakes on his uh, – well, through the through the journalistic journey of TV and radio, he he is uh, one of those group of guys who came into the influx of w, of, of the West Coast Eagles, and he's just top-quality human being like so many. As he mentioned, Selwood and – um, and Nikoski and Waters and Butler and Hanson. Yeah, fantastic man. So good to have him on the show. This is Sporting. Toby Green. Three matches suspended for making contact. Toby Green was on a mobile phone on the team bus bound for Launceston Airport. Suspended for three matches, so his season is over. Dan Rioli has signed a contract extension with Richmond. Mansell. Rioli will start Richmond until 2022. And Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews has just been quoted as saying, I know finals football and the grand final is a spiritual thing. It's part of our soul as a city and a state. But no football match is worth putting people in hospital for. It just isn't. So confirmation... The AFL Grand Final will be announced within minutes, I'm led to believe, here at Optus Stadium on the 25th of September. There's a bit going on in the world of footy. Just repeating, Toby Green, three matches for making contact. Basically, they've just said, well, we'll give you three. That means you can't play again this year. So if they make the Grand Final... They are done and dusted. To the US Open, Nick Kyrgios on court at the moment and fighting hard, he's trailing 2-1 in the first set to 18th seed Roberto Badusta Agut of Spain. He's down 2-1, but leads, uh, 1-2, should I say, but leads 30 love in on serve. A bit happening. Don't go too far away. There's plenty more to come. It's 17 past 11. This is your Tuesday edition of Sporting Goss. I told you, homeboy. boy, can't touch this. 22 past 11, Can't what a news day it's been. And uh, if you have uh, been following the Toby Green case, it's been going for more than four hours. And one man who didn't miss a beat was our man, Sam Medmond, chief footy and sports reporter with SEN. And everyone's been following his Twitter feed of what's been happening at the tribunal. Three matches, is that a fair result? Sammy, good morning. Oh, it's probably the minimum for
9: mine. Gosh, great to speak to you. Thanks for having me on. Probably the minimum that um, I personally would have been willing to accept. I certainly would have had a problem if it was more. And uh, certainly the AFL wanted more because their legal counsel, Jeff Gleeson, argued for a minimum six weeks. But after four hours and 15 minutes, it has ended up that, as you say, Toby Green will not play again this season. It is a three-match sanction for him. And uh, he had to leave the tribunal hearing early, so uh, he couldn't even hear his fate in the end. But he was pretty much resigned to, to the fact that he would be missing uh, some significant football um, goss, despite the fact that his lawyer, the QC, Ben Isle, argued only for a financial sanction and that the bell had well and truly rung on uh, on the message getting through at community levels and a pre of fine would be enough. But I guess negotiation one-on-one, isn't it? They want it done, the AFL wanted six, and they settled on three.
2: Today's only Tuesday. Is it going to be put to bed or do you think there's going to be a challenge?
9: Uh, look, Dwayne asked me the same question a moment to go over here. I'd, I'd be shocked if this wasn't the end of it. I'd be pretty disappointed as well for everything that this represents to the code, to the game, at all levels, umpire contact is just a strict no-no. We know that. Um, and if GWS, despite the high stakes and this being their best player and their vice captain, were willing to go down that path, I don't think they'd win many friends off the back of it. Also, I also think it would be a lost cause as
2: well. Sam Edmund, Chief Sports Reporter with SEN, incredibly busy man, but he's taken our call and we appreciate it. Uh, so, Matt Stevick, um he seemed to, at one stage, look like he was doing everything in his power to make sure it wasn't a big event, but then he, he took the party line and said, well, it wasn't a great action, it's not a great look for the game.
9: Yeah, he spoke with real calmness and clarity, much like he acted on the afternoon itself in question down there at uh, Launceston, didn't he? Now, he was the first one called as a witness, first under questioning from Jeff Gleeson, and he was at pains to say that at the time he wasn't intimidated, um, he didn't feel threatened, there was nothing aggressive about it, nothing disrespectful, um, and that he wasn't sure at the time, and the reason why he didn't lay a match day report, he wasn't sure if he'd contributed to the contact, he wasn't sure if another player had contributed to the contact that, to force Toby Green into him. It wasn't until after the game that the umpire's coach, Michael Jennings, showed him the incident on the phone and told him... A bit was being made of it that he sent through a statement to the Match Review Officer Michael Christian um, detailing all of that. But then he said in the fullness of time, and when he was pushed by Jeff Gleeson, the AFL legal counsel at the end, he did say, to be honest, I don't think it's a good look for the game. And this was the kicker. He said, it's not forceful, but some may form the view that it's demonstrative. There's an element of it that is also disrespectful. So that was a key piece of evidence from uh, from. Matt Stevick, and perhaps, as Jeff Gleason pointed out, perhaps being dignified and calm and mature about things can be just as powerful as anything else.
2: No doubt. Uh, so on the back of that decision, I'm led to believe that the, the, the markets for the head-to-head game on Friday night here at Optus Stadium have been flipped on their head, and Geelong are now raging favourites. Take one player out, arguably one of the best players in the competition out, and all of a sudden leads a gaping hole, but they've been there, done that before, and they've won down in Geelong just a couple of weeks ago.
9: Yeah, well, they won a preliminary final famously without him as well. You won't forget against uh, Collingwood to make it all the way to the grand final a couple of years ago. But it's never a good time to have your best player suspended, let alone in a cutthroat semi-final, as you say, when your team's already battling injuries. The other green Tom's got a broken arm. Isaac Cummings in doubt as well. Uh, Sam Reid's probably not going to play. They battled injuries all year. And this guy kicked four goals in the upset of Geelong down the highway, as you said earlier on this season. To rip him out of that side is just a catastrophic result for GWS, who have defended Toby Green to the hilt. They've pardoned him. They've excused him. I mean, this was just a bridge too far, and perhaps it's finally all caught up with him. And he's got to wear that now as he um, boards the, uh, the plane from Launceston Airport as we speak. I was bound for... Perth knowing that he's not going to play again this
2: season. Yeah, very much so. He did play in that game down in Geelong. Uh, four goals he did kick against uh, Geelong, and unfortunately he's not there. But the fact is that they know they can. Uh, they can know they can win. Um, and uh, Leon Cameron's going to have to pull something out of the hat there at the moment. Melbourne are the raging favourites and GWS, are now the rank outsiders to win the flag going forward, mate. The bit of news: Are we expecting a Craig McRae announcement this afternoon? We are expecting. Uh, it Looks like Dan Andrews has conceded defeat on the AFL Grand Final, and I'm led to believe that. Uh, Optus Stadium has notified uh, events, people who are holding events here at the stadium in the week leading up to the grand final, that they have to find alternate venues now.
9: Yeah, I mean, Optus Stadium, as a formality, wasn't? And I can't wait to see it, to be honest. I think they'll do an amazing job over there. We've still got the uh, the pre-grand final by that the AFL are wedded to, despite some grumblings about the need for that. That's when we'll get the Brownlow medal, perhaps on the Sunday night. Hopefully we can get a grand final parade in your part of the world as well, guys, depending on how the government feels about mass gatherings in the lead-up to the game that perhaps aren't ticketed as well. So I know that's a a touchy one, but hopefully uh, we can get something along those lines to create the the fanfare leading in uh, into the week. As far as Collingwood goes, timelines are dangerous. It will be Craig McRae. I've been told for what it's worth, the announcement will be formalised tomorrow from Collingwood's point of view. And then his assistant coaching panel will be uh, formalised as well hot off the back of that perhaps in the the days or the next week to come as well. But Craig McRae, the man known as the flyer, will be the next coach of uh, Collingwood replacing Nathan Buckley.
2: You've been crazy busy, mate. I've been following it. It's gone four hours. It's a marathon. You need a Bex and a good lie down. Thanks for joining us, mate. (laughs) Good on you, guys. Sam Edmund, uh, Chief of Sports Report. He's the best in the business. If you haven't been following him on social media today, you've been following the wrong people. Everything he's been said has been clear and concise from the tribunal. Just repeating, Toby Green, three matches. The team is about to fly to Perth and he won't be playing again this year. What are your thoughts on that? That's right. What are your thoughts on that? 13, 12 or 0487 736 736. Still to come. Uh, we do have Star Spangled Banter with Tyson Beatty talking all things American sport. There's been a bit going on at the US Open, and it's Nick Kyrgios and the chair umpire again. Different day, same result. Have a listen to this repartee, this little exchange between Aussie Nick and the chair umpire at the round one US Open. Then
1: you walk No, I less. don't. I'm walking back and forth every point, but I'm saying. It? It's
9: part of the game. It's, it's, it's not part, part of it.
1: So texting someone's part of the game too. Taking 20,
8: minute for 20 minutes
0: bathroom break is part of
8: the game. Yes? Yeah? Taking bathroom break for 20 minutes is also part of the game. That's part of the game too,
9: everything's part of the game. I don't take a shit uh, part of the game. That's stupid.
2: Yeah, Nick Kyrgios and the chair umpire. So uh, a bit of a, a blue about taking too much time. And uh, then there was the dispute last night that Andy Murray had with uh, Sitsipas about taking the extended toilet break. So, well, at the bottom line is it was two all the last time I checked. So uh, we'll uh, two all in the first against uh, Roberto Agut. In fact, 3-2 Agut from Spain, who is the 18th seed Keep your uh, interest coming. 13 12 55 or 0487 736 736. Been a crazy busy show. Just repeating the news. Three games for Toby Green. Craig McRae will be announced as Colin and coach within 24 hours. And Optus Stadium will host the grand final on October, uh, September 25. Let's get the news away. We'll come back. Naomi Osaka did a post-match interview with Renee Stubbs on ESPN. We'll hear from her as well as she advanced the second round after a straight sets win. This is sporting goss well done april good work by you 27 away from 12 19.1 degrees heading for a top of 21 bit of rain around over the next few days of course but we do led to believe it will be fine for sunday's big game between the wallabies and the all blacks now Nick kirios had that exchange in which we uh, played out to you with the uh, chair umpire and at that, that stage it was three two i think well now in the blink of an eye it's five two so uh, nick is starting to get angry again so falling back into old ways good to have naomi osaka back at of course a big uh, time grand slam tennis and she had a straight set victory this morning and she spoke to aussie renee stubbs part of the espn tennis coverage um
5: yeah it feels kind of crazy to play in front of everyone again um i just want to say thank you for coming out here um Last year when we didn't have a crowd, I know it felt quite lonely for me. Um, So I'm just really glad to see, you know, little kids in the audience and, of course, grown-ups too. Um, But, yeah, just thank you for coming out here and I think the energy here is definitely unmatched so I'm just really glad to, you know, be playing in Arthur Ashe again. The first set,
0: very, very competitive. Marie was playing very well the second set. You looked absolutely fabulous. This year you have not played a ton of matches coming in here, but how great is it that you play on this court and the comfort level you feel walking on this particular court and what difference does that make for you?
5: Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I've played a lot of matches on this court. I think it might be the court that I've played the most matches in my career, but, yeah, definitely I feel really comfortable here and I think... Playing a night match is a really big honor, of course, and to be playing the first night match is something I've never done before. So, yeah, I'm just glad I won. <laughs> Naomi,
0: you, last week you went to where you grew up, basically, not far from here, in Queens, okay? You redid the courts. You paid out of your own money to have the courts that you grew up on redone. What did that mean to you to go back to that area and redo those courts? And what a what a great thing that you did.
5: Yeah, it definitely meant a lot to me. For me, um, I grew up here until I was like around eight. Um, so just to be able to revisit my old courts and um, see familiar faces that apparently tell me stories about things that I did. Were you good? I,
0: Were you good or bad?
5: Um, you know, they didn't say I was terrible. <laughs> So I, I guess I was an okay kid, um, but yeah, we just me and my sister we used to play on those courts all the time. So just to be able to see the newer generation of kids playing on it, it really meant a lot.
0: Now speaking of new generation, we saw you run over there, give something to that young fan. Can you can we ask you what it was?
5: Um, yeah, actually, I just heard her when I was playing my match, and she was so cute. So um, thank you for cheering me on, and. Um, Um, In the Olympics, we got like little pins that we were supposed to pass around to um, other players, you know, like trading pins, and I wasn't there for a long time, so I have a couple in my bag left over. Um, But yeah, I thought it would be like a nice little memory.
0: Speaking of, of course, you grew up a little bit here in Queens, but I'm looking at your racket. Takashi Murakami, if you don't know who that is, a very famous Japanese artist, he actually has painted your rackets. How did that come about?
5: Um, Well, I've been a fan of his work for a really long time. Um, So honestly, I just asked. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And it turns out um, he was a fan of mine too, so it was very organic, the relationship.
0: All right, well, let's hope that we're gonna see you play with those rackets for a long time this tournament, ladies and gentlemen. Your defending champion, Naomi Osaka. Oh, thank you.
2: Uh, it's that time of week, or Tuesday, Tyson Beattie talking all things American sport with Star Spangled Banter, speaking of American. U.S. Open is underway, of course. Nick Kyrgios losing the first set to Roberto Bautista a good 6-3. He spat the chewy. Had a bit of a uh, chat to the tournament, uh, the chair referee, or chair umpire, should I say, at Louis Armstrong uh, Stadium, and then from that point onwards we went backwards, but he's about to go one up in the second set. Tyson Beattie is with us. Uh, Tyson, appreciate your time. It is all about vaccination in the NFL.
1: Well, actually, yes, it is, Goss, and I'm sorry I can't be in the studio with you today. I'm getting my vaccination myself today. Right? Um, so I thought that'd be a good good segue to lead into the uh, yeah. the vaccination situation in the NFL.
2: I'll be the judge of whether it's a good segue or not. Um, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what's the vaccination rate?
1: So it's up to 93%, which is very good, which means that they're going to be able to travel very easily and their, their COVID setup is, is pretty good. Um, the NFL players have agreed to weekly testing, even if they're vaccinated, unvaccinated players will not be allowed to travel to games. Mm. So um, they look like they're set up pretty well, but there is there is a couple of players that are making life a little bit difficult uh, for the NFL. And
2: one of those is from the Colts, yeah,
1: the quarterback? So Indianapolis signed uh, quarterback Carson Wentz in the offseason. This is a big free agent signing, multi-million dollar deal. They gave up a lot to get him because they think that they're a Super Bowl contender this year, the Colts. Problem is, he's refusing to say whether or not he's actually had the COVID test and he's been put in the COVID-19 injured reserve list. So he's already had ankle surgery um, that that they didn't know about when he came across from Philadelphia or that they didn't know he was going to have to do. So he's proving quite the problem. It's amazing how you can go all out to get a player to try and get to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, and then he causes you problems you're probably not thinking you're going to get.
2: Mm, Very strange. Anyway, uh, Star Spangled Banner with Tyson Beattie. We're talking NFL at the moment to the NBA and Ben Simmons shortly. But the NFL fixture is out. When's the opening game?
1: So next Friday morning, Perth time, about 8.30. The season will begin. The preseason's all wrapped up for the NFL. I know there's a lot of interest um, in the NFL. A lot of people don't care about the NFL as well. But there seems to be a growing interest in the sport in in Australia, particularly locally, and, and particularly because the game time's match up pretty well for Perth time uh, into the U.S., their prime time games. The first one is the Dallas Cowboys, which is the, you know, probably the biggest team in, in the NFL by brand, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are the reigning Super Bowl uh, champions. Uh, Tom Brady, the quarterback there, of course. So 8.30 on Friday morning, and then the slate of action starts right across the weekend from that. It's going to be pretty hectic for the next four months, NFL action.
2: You talk about uh, the the levels of interest in regards to the NFL. It's interesting because when I've sat in the sports chair filling in for Jared or Cornsy or whatever role I've done, and I've just sort of mentioned the NFL scores. If you give the NFL scores without a warning, there's no bigger audience who go absolutely off their rocker about it. Like, oh, really? we're recording Oh, mate! Mm. And i and I'm seriously, it goes ballistic on the SEN yeah. network. Well, you're right. I mean, I think
1: the rise of the interest in the NFL is probably driven by the, the younger male or the sort of the, mid, the younger to mid-age male. And you kind of wonder, is that the rise of sort of that video game culture, the kids that played Madden NFL growing up yep. and then they're so interested in the tactics of the sport, that sort of thing. So I think there is a, a growing interest in it. It's not going to become yep. a mainstream sport by any means over here. But there is there is a fascination in it. And it doesn't surprise me that you get clipped uh, when you give those scores away. Yeah. Uh on the uh, on SCN.
2: <laughs> well, Gilchrist was telling me that one of his is a uh, is has has warmed to it so much he's got the helmet, the shirt, the whole lot, and uh, glued to it. And knows everything about everything. So uh, I might uh, have to probe him on Friday ahead of it and find out who he actually barracks for. Let's turn our attention to the NBA. Everyone's got a, a team in the NBA. Everyone loves the hoops. Ben Simmons. What's the latest on him?
1: Yeah, still no movement for Ben Simmons. The reports are that the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Toronto Raptors, the most likely teams or the most interested teams, they're saying conducted expansive discussions. I don't know what an expansive... Is this an expansive discussion, Goss? We often have expansive discussions, but nothing well, about... We,
2: uh, I prefer the one-way... I, I, anyway. I prefer the one-way discussion where I'm in control of the timing of it and the <laughs> topic of it.
1: That's usually how you treat me sometimes, the <laughs> one-way discussion. <laughs> correct. Just, I still love you. Correct, um, no proposals come forward. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves make a little bit of sense with the, with the makeup of their team. Um, he probably doesn't want to go there because they're not that good. So it's gonna it's gonna this is gonna drag on for a while, guys. So we'll, I'll give you constant updates, but I don't think we're gonna have a deal until training camp for Ben Simmons.
2: All right, we've got a couple of generous owners. I know that uh, a bit to do with the the hurricane which has swept through the states. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Hurricane Ida, as is, 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 you know, is um, battering uh, the coast of Louisiana at the moment. So I was actually in America when Hurricane Katrina hit back in 2005. It was it was almost the exact same time, right at the start of uh, the 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 season or the NFL season uh, back in uh, well late August in 2005, and this one's almost as bad. So. Um, Unfortunately, that city has has uh, done a lot of work to try and fix its levee system, so they're not going to have uh, as much flooding there. But the two teams down there, the Pelicans, the New Orleans Pelicans and the New Orleans Saints, have donated $1 million each to the fund, so that's good of them.
2: And tell us a bit about J.R. Smith and uh, a change of yeah. codes or a change of sports. <laughs>
1: Well, I think this is fascinating. So, J.R. Smith was a hero of the Cleveland Cavaliers yeah. NBA championship winning one back in 2016. Um, he was a good player, long time veteran, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, he never used any much of his college eligibility as a player. He, at, at, at the late age, age in his life, has decided he wants to go back to university and play on the golf team at North Carolina A and T University. So he's rocked up there. I mean. The, the guys that he's playing with at 18, 19, he's, not, he's in his 40s and he's playing for North Carolina A&T. Talk about just pursuing something that you've always dreamed to pursue of. Doesn't matter how old you are, Goss.
2: <laughs> you having a crack at Is that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sure there's a lot of, there's a lot of bucket listings out there that you've considered in your time that you probably could do. Cabaret dancer potential, cabaret singer, maybe a... You know, a, a, a dancer of some sort. Something I think that you might might have pursued had you had a bit more time in your life
2: younger. One of the great chair dancers of all time, and I'm a chair dancer. <laughs> Appreciate your time. Good chat.
1: What about my SCN waffle uh, plug, uh, Goss?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, what is it then? That's not part of the Star Spangled Banter contract, but what is it? What game you got? Sorry. No, no.
1: West Perth, Perth. Uh, final Ooh. round of the season. Very disappointing uh, season for Perth. West Perth coming off a disappointing loss to East from Randall. They need to... get some form before the finals go in, the Falcons.
2: What about that kicking last week? Was it something, something, 17 goals 3 to 7 goals 22 or something? I've never seen anything like it the other day.
1: 20 goals 3, East Fremantle, astonishing scoreline on their side, and and, and West Perth very inaccurate in the other way. So uh, fascinating last weekend of waffle uh, fixtures, which we'll uh, cover on SCN in the middle of the day before the big one, uh, the the, uh, semi-final that night.
2: No dramas. Good on you, mate. Appreciate your time.
1: On you, Goss.
2: There he is, Tyson Beattie, does great work here on SEN. And the conversation goes on between the chair umpire and Nick Kyrgios at the US Open. The Giants have just issued a statement. The three-match penalty will stand. Uh, we're led to believe, they said, they, they we will wait and see whether they take a appeal, the verdict, or at least the severity. And then I'm reading online that he certainly won't be appealing. So, look, we'll wait till that uh, dissipates in the interim. Toby Green, 176... Uh, Matches, 22 times charge. He's been suspended for 11 games. So he's been fined $29,350. bucks. he has got some form. It's 10 to 12. This is Sporting Goss. What's that? Is this a Green Day, is it? Because it's not Green Day today, it's bad bad green, dark green day today. <laughs> anyway, Toby Green has been given three matches and it's been made official from GWS. They will not be appealing the sentence. His season is done. He will join the team here in Perth. They land a little later today. Nick Kyrgios has got some work to do. Uh, he is down 40-15, make that 40-30 on serve. He's uh, lost the first set to Batista Ogut, who's a very good player from Spain. Six in the first all in the second, 30-40. Kyrgios on serve. <laughs> on a bit of guitar action wouldn't be, be appreciated. Here fresh There we go. That's Inks, otherwise known as In Excess. The Farris boys who went to Hollywood High School, which was a quiz question, and Goss on Monday morning. Tim Farris from Perth, born in Perth, but now has, resides in Sydney, has broken down in the witness box this morning under cross-examination when it was put to him that his career was already over before he lost part of his finger in a hire boat in 2015. Farris is suing for damages. But the opposition, the uh The defence are saying, no, 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 no. Your career was done and dusted by then. And they said, no, it wasn't. So a bit of tears. Batista Ogut has now taken a 3-2 lead in the second set. So it's starting to unravel for our man, Nick Kyrgios. Hey, tomorrow's show is really, really good. Trent Rivers from the Melbourne Football Club, of course. The demons are here. Trent Rivers, a product of the WAFL. Good to have Trent on the show. Hamish Brayshaw talking all things a waffle, of course. Georgie Parker will join us with her Wednesday whip. And Mike McKenna, the boss of Optus Stadium, because we will be having the announcement this afternoon. No doubt that the grand final will be here at Optus Stadium on September 25. Uh, there, I'm led to believe there are a number of events that will be going to be staged at the venue in the lead-up to the grand final have been shifted to other venues to clear the deck. And Dan Andrews, the Premier of Victoria, has conceded defeat and a new deal will be struck that allows an extension of the contract uh, to have the game in Victoria in the future. So there's a bit playing out today. No Craig McRae decision yet, but as we heard from Sammy Edmund, he believes that will be done tomorrow. A bit of tears because of, oh, because of Toby um, Green's are crying, GWS, Skinny are crying. Where are we, Triple M? Oh, oh. Anyway, three, three minutes to 12 Ricky Fonding spoke on 2GB in Sydney today about Justin Langer. Have a listen. You know, As I made really clear
9: to Justin, when you're in that position in Australian sport, whether you're a a high-profile coach or a captain of a national team, if you're not getting the results, then you've you've got to expect the negativity. And It sounds like the captain and potentially some of the senior players have had some pretty um, direct conversation with Justin um, about the things that they think that he needs to get better at. But he's also the sort of bloke that he he seeks that sort of advice anyway. He, He wants to find out from people how he can get better and
2: what he can do better. And I think Ricky Ponting is the Friday Focus with our man Gilly. Am I hearing this correctly? Y- yeah, thought so. Anyway, so, yeah I, think, yeah, I know. I know. been taking forever. We've been asking for picky ronting for ages to come on to the Friday Focus. Anyway, so the good news is that that will be happening on Friday. Woo-hoo! Hey, you've got one minute to text 0487 736 736. If you want to be in Goss Lotto, 30 Thursday's Powerball draw. You want to be in our syndicate? You've got 20 seconds. 0487 736 736. Text us who you are and where you're listening. And you can be in our syndicate for Thursday's $20 million Powerball Draw. 19.6 degrees in Perth. Thank you, Alex. You were very good. For a Geelong loser, you were very good today. Thank you. For you, special K for being an Arsenal double loser. Thank you for joining us. 10 seconds, 0487 736 736. Thank you for listening to our show. It was a crazy day. Grand final announcement, just minutes away. Well done, WA. Let's put on a show on Friday night. Shelley Lawson of Australind, thank you. You're in the syndicate. Catch you tomorrow from 10.